Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing in grace and welcome back, back, back. <laughs> we are in part four, so get it, welcome back, back, back <laughs> to part four of our current series uh, where we have been looking at this um, incredibly powerful word that the Lord has given us when he declared to us himself God himself has declared to us, I will never leave you and never forsake you, my friend. And we are going to jump right back into the word. Here we go. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My friends, just as the Lord spoke these words to Joshua, as we saw in Hebrews, he is speaking them to you. He is speaking them to me. He's saying you have no reason to be afraid or dismayed. You have no reason to get discouraged because I am with you. Be strong and courageous and you will be strong and courageous the more you meditate on God's word and the more you meditate on his word. My friends, that your faith increases. You are led by the spirit. You see his successful ways. You see his prosperous ways so that you can walk in them. And now I want you to watch this. Joshua believed the Lord. He believed them that the Lord was with him and he led the children of Israel into battle after battle after battle and was victorious, my friends, fighting giants, you know, so much bigger than them. Maybe they really were like grasshoppers, but Joshua didn't see that because his eyes were on the Lord because he knew the Lord was his helper. He became strong and courageous because he continued meditating on the Lord's word. And you know, how we know he was already meditating on the Lord's word. Remember I said word fed equals spirit led. Joshua heard the spoken word of God in his life, the specific word he needed for the situation he was facing while he was reading the written word of God. And we know that because of this word that the Lord said to him, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What does that mean, my friends? That means Joshua was already reading it. For God to say this book of the law, he didn't say that book of the law over there on the shelf. It looks pretty. It looks good, but it's dusty. <laughs> right? This book of the law that you're buying. You know, there's a saying, a Bible that's falling apart is a person that isn't. Right? Because when you are read, you read your Bible so much, you carry it with you. You're, you're constantly in it. Eventually, the binding starts to break down. The pages get crinkled, my friends. I've got, I'll let you know, I've got coffee stains. I've got bent pages, I've, you know, and most of my Bibles, <laughs> right? Because I do carry them around with me. The wind gets a hold of them sometimes when I'm outside. You know, sometimes I've got these pages left open. But, right, a Bible that's falling apart as a soul that isn't because you're so fed on the Word of God. And the more we meditate on the word of God, my friends, it, it just helps us. It doesn't change who the Lord is. It changes our perspective. It, it helps us to believe in the true reality that he is with us and he will not leave us. And even if you don't read your Bible, he's not going to leave you. But how do you know? <laughs> right? Because it's the word that tells us. 
Hallelujah. How do you know what your inheritance is? How do we know the goodness he has for us? We come to his word. Oh, my friends, y'all know it. I could talk forever about all the benefits of coming to God's word. So what we're going to do now, we're going to look at the end of Joshua's life. So he had a life where he led the children of Israel into the promised land. They had many battles that they had to fight. There was a lot of things that went on, right? He was a part of the generation that was too fearful and unbelieving to even receive from the Lord, but rejected the Lord. Yet he believed the Lord when he spoke to him and said that he is always with him and will not fail him. And he believed the Lord when the Lord told him to simply meditate on my word. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to look at the end of Joshua's life so we can see what is the result of a life that truly believes that the Lord is not going to leave me. He is always on my side. It's his great big hand that's holding on to me. It's not my little bitty hand that's holding on to him. Amen, my friends. And that meditates on his word as he's told us to. So in Joshua chapter 24, It tells us, after this, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. My friends, there are ages. This is after the flood. So they lived the same normal lifespans that you and I do today. Right? Joshua lived to 110. The other men of his generation lived to the ages that are typical, 70s, 80s. And they all passed away in the desert. And it was their sons. Their sons who went to battle with Joshua and Caleb. (laughs) I want you to think about that, my friend. Those men, the men that Joshua and Caleb grew up with, all passed away. And Joshua and Caleb went to battle and conquered a land with their sons. Do not accept this lie from the enemy that as you add years to your age, that you must grow older and weaker, that you must lose your faculties, lose your mental capabilities. My friends, that's a lie of the enemy. Yes, if you're of the world, because that's the curse that's in the world. But the Bible tells us in Galatians, Jesus didn't just take our curse. He became our curse so that we are redeemed from it. We have been bought out of it. And it specifically says so that we can receive the blessings of Abraham. My friends, Abraham is another great man of the Bible who the Lord renewed his youth in his old age. That man lived to 175. He was still having children at 120. You know what the normal age range for men in his time were to start having children? Their mid-30s. And they were usually married to wives who were roughly 10 years younger than them. So the women were having children in their mid-20s. Does that sound so very different as today? I don't think so. And yet Abraham and his wife had their first child when Sarah was 90 and Abraham was 100. And he continued having children into his 120s. This is what we have to look forward to, my friends. So Joshua was obviously very healthy, one of the results of meditation and believing that the Lord is with you, my friends. Because you know what stress ages us? And you know what's stressful? Is thinking that you have to take care of yourself. Of course that brings fear. If you have to watch your own back, if you have to be the one that knows everything and can do everything, you can look out for everything. 
Yes, of course, that will bring a lot of fear and a lot of stress and it will age you. So when we step back and go, wait a minute, the Lord is my helper. And that doesn't mean, my friend, that sometimes we don't have an initial reaction of fear, but we don't live in it. The world makes their decisions based out of fear, whether they realize it or not. Yes, sometimes when I get some bad news at first, the first reaction is to be fearful. And then it's like, whoa, you know what? I don't know how he's going to work it out, but I know that God is going to work this out because he hasn't left me. He knew that this was going to happen long before I did. He had a plan to prosper me and my family out of this before I even knew this was going to happen. Because the Lord is my helper. My friends, that's how this becomes practical in our lives. Hallelujah. So Joshua was very healthy. What else? They buried him on the edge of his inheritance in Timnath Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gosh. My friend Timnath Sarah, which is Hebrew, literally means abundant portion. Joshua owned a mountain. He was extremely wealthy. This is physical wealth because we are talking about a physical place, his physical inheritance where he was buried. So this truth that we're talking about today and meditating on God's worth brought him health and it brought him wealth. Now that's not what he was seeking after. But just as when Jesus was born, and the wise men brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh to Joseph and Mary. We don't seek after the wealth, but if you're seeking after Jesus, that same wealth that seeks after him will end up in your lap, my friend. And he was healthy. What next? Oh, the greatest honor of all, my friend. Listen to this. And Israel, the nation of Israel, served the Lord all the days of Joshua and of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the works the Lord had done for Israel. My friend, what an incredible legacy to leave behind. That all the people of Israel, you know, we read the Old Testament, even through the wilderness following Moses, they constantly rebelled against the Lord. But the entire time that Joshua was the leader and the, the leaders, when it says the leaders who outlived him, those are the ones who learned from him, my friends, that grew up under his leadership. As long as he was leading and the leaders he taught and he educated and he poured into and he, and he brought up under him were living, the entire nation served the Lord. I truly don't believe there's a greater honor than that. Today, my friend, that applies when your children know the Lord and your children understand his love for them and they worship him and they love him back with that love that he gives them. And you get to watch your children's children come to know the Lord. What a legacy. There isn't a greater legacy than that. So his influence was an incredible blessing. And finally, my friends, I want to share this with you. The book of Joshua opens up with the Lord saying, I will never fail you and I will never leave you. 
He encourages us to be strong and courageous and meditating on his word, my friends, is what will keep us in his word, is what will keep us strong and courageous, what will remind us that he is always with us and will never fail us. That's how the book of Joshua opens. And 24 chapters later, when the book of Joshua ends, you know what the very last word is? Ephraim. The whole scripture is, And Eleazar, son of Aaron, died, and they buried him at Gibeah on the hill of Phinehas, his son, who was given to him in the hill country of Ephraim. You know what Ephraim means in the Hebrew? It means double fruitfulness. Double fruitfulness. Do you want to see double fruitfulness in your life? My friend, I encourage you to meditate on this scripture Get it in your soul. Get it in your heart. Live on it. Breathe on it. I probably meditated on this scripture for a year solid at least. And I come back to it again and again, my friends. That the Lord shall never, ever leave me nor forsake me. He shall never, ever leave you nor forsake you. And I want to close by sharing a real world example from you for you, (laughs) a real world example for you that I got to experience when I went to Israel. You know, we just talked about how the nation of Israel rejected the Lord right at the promised land. And you know, they did it again when Jesus sent his son. The nation of Israel as a whole rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Now, never forget, my friends, that the first Christians were Jewish. Do not forget that Jesus is Jewish. Our salvation has come to us through the Jewish nation. But the nation as a whole, the leaders and those in authority and those in in power, they rejected Jesus. And yet 2,000 years later, he is still blessing that nation. When my husband and I were there uh, visiting Israel, some years ago, you know, my, my husband is, you just never know what that man is thinking, but um, he's, he's great with numbers and, and just kind of looking around and observing things sometimes that I definitely wouldn't think of. And we're, we were on our tour bus, you know, and most people go there with a, with a group. We went through a, through a church or our church at the time as a group, my friends, and um, they, they, it's a package deal, right? You get your hotels, you get your breakfast and dinner. Um, You get a tour guide that takes you from place to place to place. You know, you have an itinerary before you get there. There's so much to see, right? They're very good at designing these itineraries to try and cram pack as much in as possible because there's just so much to see, right? I'm just trying to go to every place that Jesus ever was, right? We'll keep you very, very busy. Um, And then we have all the places from the Old Testament. You know, they've uncovered many of these places, my friends. And um, so anyhow, we're there. And one day, uh, as we're driving between two places, Jeremy says, you know, if you think about how much we paid for this trip and how many people are on our tour bus, and then you count how many tour buses we pass or see in each parking lot, he's like, this is a multi-million dollar industry. And it is, my friend, because just on our bus alone, generously taking out the cost 
for airfare and I even decreased a few people because they said that our group was a couple larger than most groups but then I do know other groups that have gone and were much more than our group so anyways I did a safe average of 40 people on this tour our bus represented hundred and thirty thousand dollars that was brought to Israel just from our group and that's not counting lunches snacks souvenirs shopping all the extras that you do when you're in another country and you're visiting my friends that's just the straight up hotels you know lunch uh, uh breakfast and dinner was included lunch was not entrance to uh, many of the sites that we went to see our tour guide and our bus driver that's it doesn't count the tips we collected for them the tips that we gave to everyone around us none of the extras so at hundred and thirty thousand dollars per bus you know my husband's like you know that means it would it would only take like seven and a half buses to bring in a million dollars so just for fun we counted how many buses that we passed going in the opposite direction when before we got to our next site which really wasn't that far away and we passed over 10 buses so we're like wow that's a million dollars right there <laughs> every parking lot you go to there's 10 20 30 buses these huge tour buses right my friends, so millions of dollars, and this is a good thing. This is God's chosen people, my friends, are being brought into the nation of Israel because of Christian pilgrims who are coming there to see the places where Jesus was, to see where he suffered for us, to see where he died for us, to see where he performed miracles. And all of this is blessing a country that until today is still rejecting him. As their Messiah now there are Jewish believers and they are growing my friend which is another sign that the time of Jesus return is coming but the nation as a whole is still rejecting Jesus as their Messiah 2,000 years later and yet just as they refuse to receive him he refuses to forsake them. He refuses to let go of them. He refuses to turn his back on them. He refuses to withhold his grace and mercy and love. He is still pouring out in every way that they will receive his goodness on them. My friend, do you see just how limitless his patience his loving endurance, his grace, and his mercy is. Are you yet 2,000 years old? And you might say, Charlie, that's a ridiculous question. It is no more ridiculous than us ever thinking that the Lord should leave us or forsake us or let us go or turn his back on us. He will not. He will not. He will not and this is a price he paid very dearly for in Matthew 27 verse 45 as our Savior hung on the cross it says now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour there was darkness over all the land and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. 
That is my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? My friend, God forsook his son because his son was carrying all our sin. He forsook his son because that is what we deserve. But God does not want to ever have to turn his back on us. So he turned his back on his son. The light of the world was swallowed up in the darkness that we deserve to live in. So that today we live in his light. Colossians 1.13 tells us that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus enveloped in darkness so that today, my friend, you and I are enveloped in the light of the world. Jesus, the true light. We live now in the kingdom of his light, the kingdom of the son of his love. You know, the Lord never wants us to feel guilty about the price he had to pay for us. I believe that's why here he tells us, not simply that he brought us to the kingdom of his light, but to the kingdom of the son of his love because he is reminding us that we are also his love. We are his love, my friend. And we will be grateful. We are so grateful for this incredible gift that the Lord is our helper, that he shall never leave us when we see the heavy, costly price that it cost him. Do not let the enemy persuade you, trick you, deceive you into thinking that you've been left on your own. Not now that you see the cost to God. Now that you hear that God himself is the one speaking these words to you. From the moment God first uttered those words to Joshua, he knew what the cost would be. And in his eyes, my friend, he determined that you are as valuable to him as his son. That is your value. The son of God was given up for you. That is your value. Hallelujah, my friend. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All we can do is say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you truly left nothing undone at the cross. Thank you that there isn't a promise. There is nothing that was left out for us. You have fulfilled everything so that all is now given to us. That we should have the presence of God. 
Thank you for such an incredible gift. And Lord, we ask you, even now, even in the coming days, help us to appreciate with a new and a deeper sense to truly, even experientially, my Lord, have a revelation that you are with us and you will not loosen your grip on us. You will not let us go. You will not turn your back on us. You will not forsake us. Help us to revel in that comfort and encouragement that comes. Let us be bold and courageous to declare that you are our helper. In Jesus' name, we declare, amen. 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 Oh, my friends, I pray that you have been blessed, encouraged, comforted as the word told us today. I truly have been. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you, my friend, for having such a heart for Jesus and his word. Hallelujah. Amen, my friend. Amen. If you are listening today and you have never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, my friend, take that opportunity. Don't let a second, another second go by. Amen. You know, the only time Jesus tells us to hurry is to hurry to receive salvation. You know, for the very word that we've been hearing, because he wants the right to intervene in your life. He wants to grab on and hold on to you, but he needs your permission to do that, my friends. He will not force himself. He will not override your free will. So today, let's make him your Lord and Savior and put you in the palm of his hand. Hallelujah. Amen, my friend. Will you just pray with me right now? Say, Daddy God, I thank you so very much for sending your son, the son whom you love, to be the sacrifice for my sins, to make a way for us to be in relationship together, to give me salvation, to give me eternal life with you. Jesus, I believe that at the cross, you took all my sins of my past, my present, and my future. I believe you died, were buried with them, and on the third day you rose again declaring that I am justified. All those sins have been put away forever. I am freely forgiven. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you are now my Lord and Savior. God, you are now my loving daddy. I am your beloved child. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, my friend. Welcome to the family of God. God loves you. I love you. Expect good days ahead. This word that you've been hearing, this is for you, my friend. He shall never leave you. He shall never forsake you. He shall never let go of you. Never, 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 assuredly not, he says. Hallelujah, my friends, to all of us. Hallelujah. The Lord shall assuredly, he says, never, ever let go of his grip on you. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.